You're listening to Speechless, the new podcast from storytelling experts Marion Pasha and Simon Bucknell. Hit follow now to learn how to tell stories that change the world. A few weeks ago, Simon, you and I were discussing this podcast, weren't we? We were prepping for this Believe it or episode. not. <laughs> yeah, believe it or not, we, <laughs> pre- we prepare for these episodes. And um, you said, yo, let's, let's do an episode where we each tell a story that we've worked on mm. and then help deconstruct it and look at it and think about the arc and all these kinds of things. And my m- face said to you, I think that's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> and your heart said uh, and my heart said that was a great idea but my brain, brain went, said <laughs> what are you talking about you don't have any stories and i genuinely mean like this this like panicky voice in the back of my head was like can't think of any stories can't think of any stories what's the story what are you going to tell your story is not going to be as good you don't have any stories um and i think that I'm not alone in that feeling. No, I'm very confident that you're not alone. Let's, in my defense, however, not the most unreasonable of suggestions no, that in a podcast about stories that change the world, we might actually share some stories. Imagine that. I know, and That's I completely so agree. So true what you say. But it is incredible because one of the memories I have of working with you many, many years ago was you talking about how everyone has stories. Mm. Um, we just don't really see them and I do that in my training too you know I get people to think about themselves as storytellers but it's incredible how your mind can just go blank when someone says tell me a story or can you think of a story or when you have to try and think of something to tell for work or whatever it might be yes yes how how do you identify moments that you turn into stories well well it, it strikes me that the language we use can actually be quite unhelpful you know the the very phrase right tell a story it's a bit like it, it's like tell us a joke you know mm, it, it's yes. something quite form formal about it it's quite mm, there's a sudden pressure and of course it's not like i need to find a story actually another way of thinking about it is is you're looking for relatable experience which is a bit different because we all have experience countless experiences every day of well every hour of every day at least when we're awake so so i think that's the that's the first thing is to take a little bit of the sting or the mystique out of it so people think oh i've got to have a story uh what is it it's got to be something really dramatic and impressive no we're thinking about relatable experience which of course we do all the time in conversations with people all the time how was your day people don't say well let me just check my notes what have I got my, <laughs> well bullet point one one b one c it's not how we speak is you know I had this conversation the other day with a guy who that's how we talk about what's been going on in our lives I absolutely love it I think I, I've had a real life up moment because I do think when you say tell me a story I do think that it's exactly the same panic that goes through me if someone said tell me a joke yes you think okay okay has to be funny it has to be well formed it has to be it has to essentially it has to exist already in almost like a nugget sized piece yes, right yes and yes. that's where the panic sets in yes and the conscious brain goes into yeah into panic mode absolutely and so i think uh, clearly with with thinking time and preparation of course people can source stories and and then one of the simplest ways of doing that is to think through what are the moments that you remember from your life, whether they are big moments or small moments, they could be recent, they could be a long time ago. For sure, anyone listening to this podcast, think back to your childhood, there will be moments and experiences you remember from your childhood. It might take a bit of digging around, but I, we've all got them. Uh, so, 
So with some preparation time, by thinking moments that you remember is, is of course, a way of consciously doing it. But, but I think in terms of bringing storytelling in on purpose, in a, you know, be it a formal setting or not, the, the key to that is, is to build it as a habit rather than feel like you've got to pull a stunt. <laughs> and I think many people fall into the trap thinking, all oh, right, I've suddenly got to go into performance mode, which of course then actually gets all this baggage in the way. So rather it's about cultivating it as a, as a conscious habit, uh, as I say, rather than a stunt. And, and that might mean simply paying attention to the stories that, that we all tell all the time already. Uh, without even thinking about it in conversation. And uh, and there are stories all over the place in what, in what we talk about in those everyday situations. And, it's, and, and just recognizing there might be some value in that. I'd say the, one other very common obstacle, of course, is the... Uh, is the the filter that says, "Ah, oh, well, yes, I remember that moment or that experience, but that's that's not that's not impressive enough. That's not spectacular. What was enough. the point that's of me a, telling yeah, that? No one will be interested in that. And I think that is absolutely it. Because so, I, I mean, this is even helpful. I think sometimes you can get lost in sometimes thinking about what stories do I have? Mm. Um, and I always found that unusual because I would say that probably the way I communicate is storytelling. I would probably say the people around me are like, oh, if you ask Mariam something, she's going to go off on some like massive story and like talk <laughs> forever. Um, and then when I'm put on the spot, I think what happens is that I feel like I need to be able to put a meaning. You know, there needs to be, um, a lesson in every story and mm. that's sometimes where I trip myself up where mm. I think what is the what is the the point of me telling this yes um and how do you how have you found because obviously you did the world championship of public speaking many times that is crafting an incredible story how did you choose the stories and how did you pull the meanings from them well, in the case of of the, of the championship, I, I literally went through a process in. Well, I went to the to the semifinals three times in 06, 07, and then m most recently in twenty twenty seventeen, and then went on into the final. and And in each of those cases, I, I in preparing went through a process of listing out moments that I could remember, stories, experiences that were meaningful to me, and then looked at right. Well, what kind of message might that convey? And I also did it the other way around. I think, right, what kind of messages or values do I really believe in are important to me? So as an example, when, when going to, in the year, in 2017, the speech that I put together, which took me from the first round right the way through to the world semis and got me into the final, I, the, the, the premise for that speech was one of the things I'd been thinking about for a long time uh, was about honesty. Uh, so I was thinking about, you know, what kind of values do I have? What do I, what do I believe in? And honesty is something that my parents had always instilled in me possibly even too much to always telling the literal truth because sometimes telling the literal truth gets you into gets you into trouble and not just at uh, passport immigration and so uh, and I then went to town thinking about experiences that really helped to bring that to life for me now the journey of figuring out what's the best story to fit with a message and honing exactly what the message really is can then take some time it doesn't emerge fully formed and so being kind to yourself and allowing that to be a process the speech that I that I developed went from February 2017 right the way through to August it went through five rounds of competition changed uh, in all sorts of ways on that journey and it ended up being not about literally telling the truth the truth the message of the speech I, what emerged was um, it was a speech about 
yeah, being honest with yourself and, and not trying to be perfect. The message being to be perfectly honest, you don't have to be perfect. Mm. You just have to be honest. But it took quite a while to get clear on that. And, and actually the stories I used to illustrate that message did evolve a bit over time. So interestingly, going back to the, where this started the other day when we were talking about it, what do you think went on in your mind when, when, when that idea popped up? You know, the, the thought of your bringing a story to something like this conversation. Your first reaction you were saying was, in your mind, was, uh, was, it, was it literally, I haven't got anything, or was it something else? What do you think was going on in your mind? It was literally, I don't have anything good enough. Because? It's the qualifier. It's not that I don't have anything. It's that I don't have anything good enough. But Because? Yeah, it, <laughs> exactly. Because, because I f might feel like, oh, it's just going to be a nothing story. It's not going to be told well enough. It's not going to be meaningful enough. It's, it's not going to be enough, whatever that might be. Um, and I think that's something that people struggle with is feeling like what they've got isn't good enough. Mm. Mm. I do think that there is this moment though where you have to kind of i think the key is to push past that initial feeling like i've spent enough time thinking about have, having been forced to think about in this role and in the work i do with tedx and whatever because i speak because i have to tell stories you have to kind of push past a little bit that feeling of like what i have isn't good enough and just give it uh test it like that's what what listening to you just now talking about that iterative process that you went through with mm. the world championship i think that is what sometimes scares people but that is what is absolutely necessary is to tell a story and then to modify it and then to edit it and then to keep testing it and keep trying it out i always actually i do tell this story in some of my workshops um about this testing process where i was on the phone with um a good friend of mine who's a stand-up comedian and um she was we were just chatting and I was saying I'd just come back from the gym or something or whatever it was. And she was telling me about how she had seen a personal trainer and it was just a very hilarious whole thing. Um, and you know, we had a good laugh. And then like a year and a half later, I'm watching her on stage and she's telling this story as a bit. And I remember afterwards and I was like, were you testing material out on me? I, like, I thought we were just having a chat. And she was like, yeah, of course. <laughs> and there's, I, the, there's the habit. There's the habit. On display right there, right? And I thought to yeah. myself, well, of course, like, where better to test these kinds of things than in conversation oh, with people? That's absolutely right. It's and absolutely right. It completely changed the way I think about it is that, you know, I now think about how if I'm ever going to put something in front of an audience, an important audience of one person or a thousand people, I will never have the first time I say that be to that audience. Mm. If it's important enough, other people have had to, I have had to hear it out loud i've had to say it out loud because there's value to that but other people have had to hear it as well and i've got to have gone through those iterative processes a bit because you don't want the first time you say something to be to the most important audience no absolutely absolutely again stand up comedians are a great example they'll yeah. always test the material in the clubs in the clubs before they take a, a show out to the and we and we all do it right like I when I think about the the times when we do tell stories more organically without this panic, but mm. for me, it's in your personal life. Yes, you just yes. tell them. Yes, totally. Um, but you also 
are a bit like a mini stand-up because you will modify them and fix them and get them to be better every time. And right? who knows, maybe embellish a bit yes, here and there. Yes, and <laughs> cut bits out and pause and do all those bits. It's just, essentially you're creating your bit, but we do it for like embarrassing moments, bad dates, funny things that happen in work. I think what people I work with and what I also struggle with is sometimes that translation of that skill from our personal life into our professional life. Mm. Yes, because when you, you well, clearly you've got a, a whole library of, of stories and and and, and content that that you know works and that and that is engaging for people and is relevant and so on as you say from sessions that you've run as well as experiences coaching speakers whether it's for TED conferences or elsewhere. And so, do you think that that fact, the fact that you know that you've got a whole host of tried and tested content? story-wise do you think that that was just not even in your mind when we when we talked about it or do you think you, you that you're aware of it but then your bright brain just just disregarded I, that and said well yeah. yeah i've got that but that, that still won't be good enough yeah yeah absolutely you do, i think that i think that it, it just it just kind of was this gut reaction of feeling like is what i'm gonna say going to mean anything the person hearing mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. and i think that's a very relatable feeling yes right? yes now that's, that's that's very interesting isn't it the the, the doubt as to the the doubt. doubt or even fear doubt that, that it word. won't have yeah. the meaning for somebody else that it might have f for you yeah. and of course sometimes people doubt uh, or are at least unclear on the meaning of the experience for them until they really think about it but if you've got something which you know is meaningful to you there is always that until it's until it's been it's out there in the in the light of day and actually heard by somebody yeah. then you can't know for certain how it will be received. And that, that is absolutely a leap of faith. And why it's so valuable to try this stuff out in safe environments, yeah. not <laughs> on the big stage when it yeah. suddenly appears for the first time. I can remember having that, the, the, the first time I can remember telling a story through my eyes, a, a really high stakes environment was the was in the months before I first entered the the, the world championships yeah. this was back in late 2005 and I came up with the idea of telling a story of a boy from school who I knew who we hated each other but we became very good friends and and, and I tried it out and and, uh, and put it into a speech and uh, my mentor said oh that's uh, that's a really good speech you should put that into the competition which I did, and then it was the speech that then gave me my first real unexpected success in the competition. The reaction from the audience was 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 stunning. I mean, people were clearly very very moved by the experience, uh, by, by the story I told, and 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 it was the first time I realised, oh my goodness, this is a story that I thought was would show me as weak. It was it was it was from years ago. I was literally eight nine years old at the time. It involved it involved some quite traumatic experiences for me as a child, um, and. And I was shocked by how people responded to it. And bear in mind, the story was about a boy who, I mean, in my eyes, bluntly, I saw him as a bully, uh, right? But who became a friend. Somebody came up to me afterwards. I still remember this, came up to me and said, oh, Simon, I thank you for your speech. You know, he said, there was someone a bit like this, uh, the boy you described in, in my school days too. And I, I think of him different. I think because of your speech, I'm thinking of him differently now. I see him maybe in a different way because the speech is, the story is all about reconciliation and empathy. And, and the hero of the story actually was the boy that I disliked. Right? He was the hero. Right? It certainly wasn't me. He, wasn't, he was not the villain. But he started out as the villain. But, and I thought, God, I, I didn't... It, 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 of course, he brought his own lens to it, to the story, which I, was, I couldn't possibly have anticipated. And it was a really significant moment because, well, as a mentor, another mentor of mine has said, you know, if you're the manager of a football team or any sports team, you don't see a same, the same game as the crowd. You know, we, we forget other people bring their lens to, to, to an experience. 
I've heard you tell this story and I absolutely love it. Um, uh, it is incredibly meaningful and I and it's so memorable too that I was like literally thinking about it the other day. The interesting thing though that for me that you've said here and this happens a lot with the TEDx speakers we work with or just in that world because people will come up to me and they'll say, I really want to inspire people. I really want to be an inspiring speaker. I mm. want to do, I want my talk to, to do inspirational stuff. And, you know, we I have to sit down with those people and just say, that's not how it works. Like, you don't tell an inspiring story. People are inspired by a story. Yeah, absolutely. It comes it from is, them. Yeah, it it's, comes from yes, them. Yes, it's an audience-centered thing rather you than a speaker thing. You have to yeah, have yeah. another yeah. purpose. Your purpose yes, is yes. not inspiration. It might be, whatever it might be is your purpose, right? Your core message, the thing you want to communicate, the reason you're speaking. And different people will find it in different things inspire them or give them energy. Yes, yes. And I do think that is a huge mistake. It's like, you know, people find TED Talks very inspiring. But it's not because those speakers are trying to inspire their audience. Mm, mm. It's because the speakers are trying to communicate something that they care about. Yes, and that yes. happens to inspire them. Yes. And I think that it can be, if you're in an audience and you see someone speak and you feel really inspired by them, it can be easy to feel like, oh, I want to be like that. I want to inspire people like that, especially if you're trying to change the world, right? Yes. Um, and the real thing that has to click is that you don't set out with that in mind. Yeah, absolutely, yes. Well, it, it, absolutely. It'd be a bit like in the theatre. But so I, I, I want to go on stage and and make people clap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. I want to you get know, a standing or, ovation. Yeah, That's yeah, exactly. Or, or for a, or for a sports a sports professional to say, I, 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 I want the crowd to go wild. Well, if you're focused on that rather than on <laughs> the yeah. actual game in hand, you're toast. Exactly. Uh, it's absolute, absolute and, and focus it can come on off. It can actually have the the opposite effect. Actually, yes, I think yes. that's that's the thing about this this as well is that if you do go in hoping I'm going to inspire people, you give off the totally the wrong vibe. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And we've all yes, sat there yes. and listened and heard that and had yes. that experience. I want to circle back to something because I think it's really important in the terms of the how. Mm -hmm. So like being able to find these stories. I think what you said earlier around you know doing this inventory in your of your of your life and, and the moments that have are memorable to you and have meant something and thinking about those deeply. I feel like that's really important. I'm wondering, do you find the same thing is true for your work life? Like telling stories about your work and your business and your career. Do you do the same kind of stock taking of your work? And you're to, to kind of find those moments and those stories. Oh, yes, yes. So it applies the, to both, right? Yes. It's not just your personal. Oh, no, it's not just personal. No, 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 no. Well, work experience is, is also personal in my book, right? It, exactly. It's, it's, in a way, whether it's... It, it, the question is, is it first-hand experience? Is it primary? Yes. Right? And of course, there's value in telling, quote-unquote, secondary stories. That doesn't mean they're second class. It just means that they're not experiences that you have directly had. But absolutely, personal stories relates to work life. It relates to stuff outside of work. And many people assume they couldn't possibly tell a story that's to do with life outside of work in work. Of course, of course you can. Many of the most powerful stories are that. But yes, absolutely. So my... Uh, most front of mind story file is actually written out on a page of A3 at home and it's a series of boxes and uh, a number of those b boxes are labelled as 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 work-related. You know, I've got coaching stories, uh, I've got world championship public speaking stories uh, and so on. You know, So so yes, ab absolutely. And, it, and, it's, and it's ever so helpful if one's having to prepare for a job interview. Yes. Not that I've done that for some years, <laughs> but, but it's very helpful when meeting with a, with a client, client for an initial conversation, absolutely, to have that front of mind. So it's, it's a wonderfully transferable 
a resource. So I think that probably the conclusion here is that I'm going to have to tell a story. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely right. Which I'm excited to do. But I, and I think there was a really, really important insight that you hit on a, a moment or two ago about this, you, 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 the, 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 the inspirational outcome should not be the lead focus of the speaker. That's something the audience takes. Because what that does, I think, is, is it takes the pressure off you as a storyteller or as a speaker to be too, to to feel like oh I've I've got to achieve this what could I say to achieve that outcome no 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 let the outcome take care of itself focus on what what is of meaning to you what moved you what what angered you what upset you what gave you a feeling of absolute I remember Vikas Jingran who was uh, he's originally from Kolkata I think and and he he won the 2007 World Championship of Public Speaking and he developed his speech by working back he said I remember listening to a piece of music where I felt and it's clearly a very intense experience, he said, and I wanted to figure out how could I bring an audience to that same feeling of, and it was a real, real realisation for him. And I thought that was a really interesting way to think about, uh, not I want people to, to be inspired, I just want them to feel something which I myself have felt. How can I best tell the story and take them on a journey so that there is a chance they will share in that feeling? And as a result, potentially feel inspired. And he certainly achieved that for me. I can remember sitting on row 52 in tears on his final line, which is, does not happen often, you know. It's interesting because you reflecting back on that is probably what my brain does automatically. It's probably like thinking, oh, I need to be awesome and inspiring and blah, blah, blah. But actually, that's not what you asked. And I do think this is something that's really important. Is And it's, it's where I ask everyone I work with to start, TEDx, client, whatever, is why are you speaking? You know, and you just can't have the answer to that be to be to be inspiring. Mm. That's mm. not the answer, right? Yeah. You have other reasons why you're speaking. And I think if, you know, this podcast is for people who want to change the world, whatever that means to them, you have to really drill down as to what that means Absolutely. to you. And and I think that what hopefully we'll share in our in our next bit is each of us a story that maybe we feel can change the world in a way that we think works. Well, let's see. You've been listening to Speechless, the podcast from storytelling experts Marion Pasha and Simon Bucknell. Hit follow now to keep learning how to tell stories that change the world. And if you enjoyed it, please leave us a rating and review. Until next time, speak less, say more.